This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 18, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New for this year, 2017 opening day rosters, historic Negro League integration, run the ultimate what-if scenarios, tournaments, fall leagues, a redesigned injury system, an improved 3D game, real-time presentation, and game highlights, improved player morale, and team chemistry, and so much more. Out of the Park Baseball 18 has the full sleeper in the bust stamp of approval. We all play it and have for years. Even better, if you buy now through the Sleeper in the Bust podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to ootpdevelopments.com, click on the order banner, and just enter the code SLEEPER18 at checkout to not only get a discount, but also help support the Sleeper in the Bust, indie sports video game development, and all the people who work to bring you the great game of Out of the Park Baseball 18. Once again, just go to ootpdevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER18 at checkout for a special discount and to support our show. Guys, I, I'm obsessed with this game. It is so much fun. Um, I played a lot of OOTP17. You guys have heard me talk about my Twitch streams, twitch.tv slash pspore24. I was streaming my 17 franchise over there. I, I, I did a fantasy draft in 1995. I was able to get Ken Griffey Jr., and Pedro Martinez. I don't know what the computer was thinking there, uh, letting letting both of those guys get there. I took Pedro with my first pick, and then and then got Ken Griffey Jr. I haven't started my new eighteen one for um, for streams yet, but I'm going to. And I'm actually just gonna gonna start over. I, I I won the World Series that first year with the with the seventeen team, but I'm gonna start a new one. We'll do the draft at some point soon, so stay tuned for that. But out of the park is is just so much fun. You've heard me talk about. Uh, other baseball video games I like, they're, they're two different experiences. This is the sim, in-depth, management sort of deal, and then the other game is, is playing. So um, I absolutely love this game. One last time, ootpdevelopments.com. Sleeper18 is, is your discount code. Uh, that lets them know that we, that we sent you there, and they give you a little bit of uh, a little bit off the top as well. If you do play the game, let me know. Let me know what you're doing with it. Let me know what, uh, what team you're going with, whether you're starting historically or going from now. Uh, if you do the fantasy draft, hit me up on Twitter, at Spora. I love kind of seeing how people go because it, it doesn't just play out 100% to, to history. Things can change and you can have guys you know you can have a failed prospect that actually pans out for you so i I love seeing that stuff definitely hit me up there um and 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 thanks for supporting the show by by going to ootpdevelopments.com Welcome to episode 466 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, June 8th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined by Eno Saris. Eno, how will the recording mess up today? Uh, we've got all these different ways. We'll do- could be off kilter. I could be too loud. You could be too, too, yep. too loud. I don't know. Well, I, I give up. I mean, we're not giving up. We're not giving up. We've got a new... Uh, or an old we're going back to an old like i don't i don't know if it's even a software but you know we're the doing service this, a service know, service tricast and we had uh, luck with them before on the one month trial i can't remember 
I, I don't know that we had any issues. I think we had one issue one time where it did get off kilter, but it was at the end, and it was scrubbed for us by one of our, our friends, Chris Welsh, from uh, In This League, uh, Aziz from the uh, History of Westeros pod. We, we have other pod podcasters helping us out with that stuff, so we definitely appreciate that. I'm the <laughs> noob. They know like, what they're doing. Just I, I like know stumbling along. Yeah, like I'm like, idiots. Uh, <laughs> if the recording isn't perfect, I really don't know how to do it, guys. Uh, and if we do have further issues, we've also had our own Justin Mason offer to be a, sort of a sit-in producer. So we're going to get to the bottom of it. We appreciate all of you guys that stick with us. Um, that last one with Eno was a nightmare. But the only reason I still posted it was because I spent two hours on it. And you don't want to know what it sounded like before that. It basically sounded like, here's an example. I really like sandwiches and beer. <laughs> I totally agree with you. I think that that's like a really interesting thing. <laughs> yeah, I also look at like the pitch grips. I think pitch grips are pretty cool. Yeah, like MLB the show. Don't, don't freak them out. Right. Don't freak them out. Don't think like, that it's happening. <laughs> that's... For some reason, I was on one decibel and you were on 712 decibels. I had no idea what it was. But again, we're getting to the bottom of it. I really appreciate you guys sticking with us and saying, hey, that audio sucked, but I still listen to it. Thank you. I do appreciate that because I've had that happen with podcasts that I enjoy too. I'm like, oof, that was a rough recording, but it's a podcast I listen to, so I'm sticking with it. All right, here we go. Uh, we're going to lead off question of the day. It's mostly pitching, but we're starting with a hitting question because I don't know if you're going to get the answer, and I'm going to be I'm going to be impressed if you do. I'm not going to lie. Eno, can you name the top rated shortstop on ESPN's Player Raider? So just the five categories. They got their little formula. We reference it a lot. Uh, who's the top rated shortstop? I'm going to get it wrong because the top rated shortstop in my heart is Carlos Correa. <laughs> exactly, and he should be. He's number five. <laughs> Wow. Uh, let me I see if I you. can guess another one. Yes, go ahead. Um, and then I'll give you a clue after the second guess. It's not something weird where, like, Jonathan VR, even though his batting average is Correct. Really bad, it, it's not. Uh, I will okay. give you one little thing on that. Trey Turner, despite his batting average issues, is number two because of his five nice. homers and 18 stolen bases. So despite and I hitting thought, 261, I, he's That's why good. I was always in on Trey Turner's. I was like, he's going to steal the bases and no he's going to be a shortstop. So you know, and I and I think by the end of the year we'll still see you know fourteen, fifteen homers. So I, you I know, agree. it was one of those things where people were like, he won't be as good as last year. And I'm like, yeah, but he'll Doesn't still be really be. good. Yeah. Doesn't have, and he's going to keep scoring runs, even losing Adam Eaton. That offense is still clicking. So it's been great. Oh, you're Chris Owings. Oh, good guess. Number six. Oh. Your clue. Al Al guy. It's an Al guy. Does he actually play shortstop? He does actually play shortstop. He's a, a, an established guy. It's not like so over the top, like, holy hell, how's this guy performing? But it, it's definitely a surprise. And AL, I would call him a veteran, but I do believe he's actually uh, under 30 years old, if that gives Jesus. you a clue. Because he started, he started early. Sounds a little bit like Didi, but he's, he was hurt for a month. Then there's um, Campy Simmons. Uh, so you've mentioned Simmons and Correa. Oh, it's Andrews. There you go. There it is. There you go. It's Elvis and I believe Andrews. I believe in a little bit. There, there was um, 2015. He made a bit of a launch angle change, mm-hmm. and it just took some time to take. Uh, I don't know if it was 20, maybe it was, was mid 2016. It, took it started time to, to take. show last year for sure. Career yeah. high 439 slug. 
uh, only netted eight homers, so it didn't really stand out to anybody, though that was a career high. This year, he's already got seven, Elvis Andrews does, uh, so he's gonna, he should smash his career high. 14 stolen bases, leads the American League, 34 runs, 32 ribbies, and his, you know, he's always been a solid batting average guy, kind of in that, uh, 265 to 285 range. But this year, 302 matching last year's 302. So a lot of good stuff. And he's just 28 years old. So I think this is a viable breakout. Uh, you mentioned they did make a launch angle change. Elvis Andrews did. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he it's a it's a subtle one. And, and that's something that people uh, that, that might uh, go by the wayside is that, uh, you know, hitting the ball in the air, it, it's a different thing. I mean, it's a sliding scale. Yonder Alonso really took it really far and, and, and is really – averaging like 20 degrees he's he's in the power hitter you know stratosphere now mm-hmm. but you know in general just having it be above zero is good for everybody like it, you should we should be calling it like the not ground ball movement because exactly just you know the minus ones are just bad and it's partly due to the shift and that, that's something that the we were talking about I was talking about with like half of the the blue jays locker room the other day was how how the shift has killed the ground ball so it's not always about like you know, fly ball, fly ball. It's like an elevated line drive. You just don't. You don't want to aim at the second baseman's chest. You want to aim, you know, three feet over his head. So just, yeah, over his glove there. Uh, on so I think Andrews situation. is the kind of guy who's, you know, who has has pushed it, um, you know, a little bit by a little bit. And uh, let's see if I can do this. Real let me quickly. let me ask you while you're looking that up because if you're going to look at shortstops at large, I'm curious um, who you how you feel about number three. Which is Zach Cozart, another guy who's you know been around a while, and so it, it, it's certainly surprising to kind of see him up that high. But he started to show some things last year too. But uh, injury shortened it. Uh, he did hit 16 homers in 121 games. He's got nine this year. Uh, does Cozart 351 average walk rate is nearly double what it was. Uh, and he's 31 years old, so he's a little bit older, but. Andrus and Cozart, two two veteran shortstops that are performing extremely well. What you, after you give us the tidbit on Andrus, talk, talk a little bit about uh, what Cozart's doing. Yeah, you know it's been a, it's an, actually been a little little bit uh, every year for for Andrus, just moving it from eight to eight point six as a as an average launch angle. But that doesn't really capture it all because it's an average and it's not necessarily. The, the full distribution of, of what he's been and doing. And what the so, high end can be when, when, when he is hitting for the power that Andrews has hit, hit for. Yeah, and he's, and he's done uh, along the same way. He's, he's just you know pushed his exit velocity up a little bit. And again, it's average, but that's the easiest way for us to talk about it. He's pushed it up from about 86 to 87.5. So it's, it's incremental uh, changes. It's not a Yonder Alonso situation. But I think for a player like Andrews, that's all you want. I mean, you, exactly. I, don't, I don't think he would play that well as a, as a, as a Yonder with the with an average exit velocity in the mid 80s you what happens is you your peak exit velocity is around 0 so the furthest you get away from your peak exit velocity you uh you you're, you're dealing with lower exit velocities however your angle is higher right so mm-hmm. you know w- with a guy like alonzo he's more of a of a 90s guy that means he can go away from his peak and still be close to 90 which is what you need to get it out of the park if Andrews in the mid '80s uh, pushes his angle too high, he's he's hitting uh, fly balls, lazy fly Kansas balls corner. to the right fielder. Yeah, Definitely. so so for him to just move it up a little bit and and hit a little bit harder is is perfect. So and I and I'm I'm sure that was a, just a change in in approach to the plate. And some of that has to do. I have a piece up today about how Kevin Pilar, PR said Pilar 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 I say Pilar. Pilar. 
That's so American, though. It's not PR. It, it, it is, but I mean, they make fun of me. Our listeners make fun of they, me for that one. So they should. On. They should. They should. I will say though, <laughs> sometimes again, it's I, yeah. I, well, I've, I've mentioned this from when I started the podcast to now. Your creation uh, well, evolution is it has uh, it's been tremendous it's been very people impressive. just keeping me on my toes is what it is so they have to pilar pilar was saying that you know i'm i'm not really changing my mechanics i'm just changing the balls i'm looking at so i think um you know and and so a lot of the damage is done you know andy haynes from the cubs told me that a lot of damage is done out in front of the plate so i think that uh right now one of the best things to do is be aggressive and go get that fastball yes go get that fastball out in front of the plate and if Andrews is doing that, that might be something that you see in the exit velocity in the incremental way and the launch angle in an incremental way. He's going to get this ball. Um, you know That usually means swinging it pitches a little bit higher in the zone and stuff like that. So, uh, so I, I, I believe in him. Cozart, he had a different uh, – it's a different scenario, actually. I think it's not so much about his swing mechanics in, in that he puts his bat on his shoulder now, and I think that allows him to, to look at the pitch longer. And if you look at all of his swing metrics – Cozart actually sort of stands out there the most in I terms agree. of, you know, plate discipline. So he's really gotten better at discerning with the pitches. And that's something that will happen naturally anyway as you get older. Uh, p- p- batters mostly just swing less as they're in the league. But right, he did a really big leap forward this year. We went from swinging around 47, 48% of the time to 40 and reaching 30% of the time to reaching 23% of the time, 24 So he's really changed his, his approach at the plate. I think that means that the walk rate is, I don't, I, I don't know. I want to say completely believable. I, you know, I know you want Based to play regression. Skills, and, yeah, I mean, it's, it is, though. Like, unless yeah. he falls into old habits, which does happen with veterans, if, if they hit that slump, they kind of fall back into it. But when you see what Zach Cozart is doing, the, the numbers that you just mentioned with regards to um, the, the O swing percentage and the overall swinging percentage, going from 47 overall swing to 40% and 30 to 24% on the O reach. swing. Yeah, that's a reach. Those yeah. are changes that. <laughs> I can com- completely believe in and say, hi, this walk rate, maybe it doesn't stay at 14, but it's probably an 11% rate, which again would be way higher than anything we've ever seen. He's 5, 6, and 7% the last three years. So he's been incrementally jumping up before the big doubling this year for Zach Cozart. So between the two, Cozart and Andrews, A, do you believe in both? And B, who do you believe in the most to, to kind of keep at, at at a high level? Can can Either well, be top five by the year by year's end. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a little bit of the risk that we talked about about Kozar being traded out. <laughs> we we lost that one, didn't we? In the in the in the uh, in the lost but podcast, also, I think we talked about Kozar possibly being traded out. But then we didn't we talk about lack we of didn't know, we didn't know where. Yeah. Where, where where would we where would he go? That's the thing. A shortstop who can pick it too. You don't really want to move him off a shortstop, but who's contending that needs a shortstop? Right. And then we talked about even like the Nationals and moving you know Turner back to center, mm-hmm. and how that's a lot of upheaval for for you know I guess Kozar would be an upgrade, but then what does he cost you too in terms of exactly. prospects? So you're sending out prospects and then you're moving Turner back to center mid season. Um, and he's a free and then, agent. And then you might move Turner back to short later when Eaton comes back. So, you know, it's a uh, – I don't know. I, I think that the that might be the most likely situation. And if that happens, he does lose a little bit 
uh, on his slugging. But right now, his expected slug on X stats is X stats is uh, four sixty one, and you know Still that isn't high. The, yeah, that isn't what he's. Oh no! What happened? Oh, I got lucky. Let's just leave that in. Guess who has a buggy, you know, virus laden computer? You. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, he's got, <laughs> he's got a 623 slugging, so that's obviously not. I mean, the 461 uh, is you know there's regression coming. However, a 461 slugging is pretty good, and it's better than what he's projected for. So I think in terms of projecting and going forward, I give him a 10% walk rate. That's no no uh, projection system has him doing that. I'd give him probably like a 280 average going forward and a 460 475 slugging. Which means that he's still got another twelve to fourteen, 14 homers. Yeah. Fourteen was the number that was jumping out to me at the high end for Zach Cozart. And you I could easily you. look up at the end of the season. You're talking about uh, because he's at three fifty one now. I think you could talk about a guy who is going to have a three hundred average, uh, a really nice OBP at the end of the season, have walked you know ten to twelve percent of the time, and have twenty five homers and, and four stolen bases. However. There's, you know, uh, power regression coming, uh, possible trade, and his skill set is less in demand than the one Andrews has. No doubt, no doubt. I, just, I, I, I certainly everyone agree with that. is power. Everyone is available. looking for steals, right? I mean, is yes. everybody? Everyone's looking for steals, and if you want, you know, if if you relax your. Um, your needs and you're just looking at like, Oh, power shortstop. I mean, Freddie Galvis has, you know, six home runs and he's going to end the season close to 20 again. So, you know, yes, so someone's Cozart charging is, you is better, but Cozart, you yeah. don't want to pay it because, because of what he's offering. Right. Because you missed right. so much of the big batting average so far. I, I, I agree with that in terms of fantasy. If I'm buying one, it's definitely Andrews uh, credit to Colette. Jason was high on Andrews all year, saying, "I'm just going to get him. I'm just going to put him in. I'm going to miss." And out it was on those. a great idea because you know if they're you're buying such a great floor. I mean, I, I the one name that came to me when I was thinking about how great a floor it was was Eric Ibar, where peak Ibar. You know, huh? Are you saying like peak Ibar? Well, you know, just that it seemed like Eric Ibar. You could buy him every year and get 280 and 20 steals or, or yeah. 25 steals, right? And then it then it didn't happen anymore. So you know, with Andrews, you know, twenty eight, twenty nine. You know, I was just not sure when that was going to happen for Andrews. And 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 I think even Jeff Zimmerman has research that like the twenty the twenty base stealer can just just fall off and just steal none pretty easily. And I think that makes not, sense. It's not like a peak guy. But if you look back, Andrews did have that forty two year, and he's probably. If you if you rate if him and Ibar raced, I think you know Andrews would win, even if you went back in time. So if you, yeah, if you took peak Ibar versus peak Andrews, I I, I agree with that. I agree with so, that. So we're gonna prioritize Andrews, but mm-hmm. Cozart, uh, we have we, we we believe in a lot of what he's doing as well. Uh, let's just talk about some some starting pitcher tidbits here uh, before we get into our bullpen update, which we haven't done in a while. We're gonna cover some closer situation as well as some middle relievers that uh, might help you in holds leagues or even in leagues where the is deep and you just don't want to mess with the with the scrub starters that are available maybe you plug in a high quality middle reliever so we'll get to that but first dallas keiko back to the dl uh with the same neck issue he was scratched yesterday due to illness and i put illness in quotes yesterday i was like (laughs) okay 
let's see how this goes. And then the very next day, it's it's back to the DL with the next. So I was definitely concerned about that. Um, that I mean, that's that's a that's a roadblock right now in terms of feeling super confident in what Dallas Keuchel is doing. But how are you approaching it with a second DL trip for the neck for Dallas Keuchel? Yeah, I don't I don't know. It, it's hard because also you know the Astros at this point are are acting like. Um, a team or, or looking like a team that's going to be in the postseason Almost and no matter what. Right. And so if that's the situation, I mean, what's the, the projection, the uh, projected standings. Do we have, is that where the playoff odds are? Sometimes I get lost here. Playoff odds. Okay. Uh, we have them at 99.9%. Oh, man. Likely so there's that point one though. They got to rush him back. <laughs> no, it, it happens. It happens. It, you know, Phillies, Mets, they've they've had some, some crazy breakdowns in the past. Has, haven't the Angels had a, a meltdown in the ALS before? I think so, I, yeah. I feel like but, they had a big one. But, yeah, 42 but I think what they're going to do, the point is they're going to they're gonna kid glove Keiko. Yep. And, right. and they even have some interesting names. So they brought up Francis Martes. Yes, today. Which could have been a reaction to the bullpen game situation, um, where did Pol- the did Polino get sent back out? Because he was up too. Those are their two big pitching prospects. Polino got a start. Um, I'm seeing if he was sent back out. No, apparently he's still on the team. So Polino and Martez are up right now with with Keiko, right. McHugh, Morton, all on the deal. Is on Musgrove Morton. back yet? Musgrove is waiting is, on Morton and waiting on Musgrove. I think. Yep. And, and then, of course, hurt. McHugh hasn't been there all year. Ah, so see, Musgrove got... wants to come back Sunday. Yes, he's trying to so come back Musgrove this is, So you can, you can just call him back. So you've got Musgrove, uh, McCullers, Musgrove, Fires. McCullers, Musgrove, Fires. Peacock. So that means you've got uh, – and Peacock. And that, that, I think that's actually a good time to talk about Peacock real quick. Peacock has changed the movement on the slider. It's more horizontal. And he's gone from getting, like, 12% whiffs on it to getting, like, 20% whiffs on it. It's been dirty it's been one of the best sliders i I wrote wrote him up uh, earlier this week looking at three different al arms his slider has been so nasty and it's it's different right and i could see like he doesn't have great command and that's gonna that's gonna limit his upside a little bit but i do think that you know even the projections at this point you know four three era one three whip with a strikeout per per inning you know that I think even if he plays to that, he's valuable in a, in a decent amount of leagues. I mean, I he's agree. definitely like that's a definitely AL only playable. And then you've got this added component where he's getting the best whiffs of his life and showing a slider he's never shown before. So yeah, I, I would buy him. And I think the Peacock now looks pretty solid. You know, because you know even Fires isn't pitching amazing. See, so Fires, I think, is on the uh, is on the fringe there where if Paulino and Martez showed something, they could take both of those second spot. Uh, yeah. Uh, remaining yeah. I think right fires now. is probably the iffiest guy and, and Musgrove to an extent. He's got options. Correct. He doesn't have the ceiling of the other guys. Um, he's now, you know, pitched a hundred plus innings and given up a bunch of home runs um, in those innings. So, you know, if Paulino lights fire they're they're looking for, they're looking for like a third, pitcher that they want to pitch in a postseason I, I agree. rotation I agree. Now, you know so so i mean morton could be that but he's also if against lefties so if you even had like a paulino to pair with him in the postseason that'd be great so you know i i think you know postseason or or, or down the stretch if they need it, it the best pitchers are keichel mccullers and morton 
and Peacock. And I think since you're including Peacock in there and Morton's hurt, uh, that means that Peacock is, is safe. And then you're, the rest are all battling it out. Musgrove is ahead of Fires probably for me. Um, a healthy McHugh might beat both of those guys. I got one for you. What, but what's what it, wait? The... He's on the sixty-day L, but but there's still a possibility he comes back, right? He didn't have surgery or anything. McHugh, I don't think is out for the year. No. Okay, not no, yet. I, I think he, I think yeah. he's still there. Um, with all these guys that they have, uh, that they can kind of run it. By the way, credit to Fires, uh, three thirty-two ERA in his last four outings and just two homers. Homers have been just a nightmare for him. In six of his first seven stars, he allowed at least two homers, including a four home run game. Like it had to come back. Like that, there, there are certain home run rates, and you know, just like certain babips that you're like, there's no way that that mm-hmm. won't get better if the guy is allowed to keep pitching and and his arm hasn't legitimately fallen off. And so he has gotten better. Uh, but are they going to go get somebody? Is Houston? Do you think that they're they're rumored? For sure, but it is is it legitimate? Do you think that they would go after a Sonny Gray, a Jose Quintana? Or do you think that they're going to piece it together and hope that their two studs are there in McCullers and Keiko in the playoffs, and then they can find that that one more? Uh, as long as you got three good ones, you can kind of figure it out if you ever have to go to the fourth. So they get somebody, or do they know. try to the, figure the it pro- out with this team? The problem for me is that, like, in their current iterations, Quintana and Gray are their third pitcher. Yes. Right? So, you know, and, the, and then you think about the way the Astros have 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 worked in the past they haven't necessarily i, I think they, they they have gone and gotten guys and they and they gave up brinson no, that was texas that was the texas what they haven't they went and got guys. giles they went and got giles in the offseason what did they give up for him though they gave up vince velasquez that's the closest yeah. okay so if they thought polino or martez was another version of velasquez they could they could go get someone but the 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 same time it, it, are you going to go give up paulino when you've got Morton, like how much of an upgrade in the postseason is Quintana or Gray over Morton? I, I when agree. Morton is throwing, you know, ninety five, ninety six, and th- and that's why I'm asking because I don't know and, that. There's... And then you can also piggyback Paulino and Martez with Morton even in the postseason, and it's like, you know, we keep these these upside arms. And I was just going to we... suggest piggybacking them right now. Paulino yeah. Martez, like make that your fifth starter. They, they've done a lot of the piggybacking coming up in the minors. That's kind They're of a thing that it, Houston yeah. does. And you tell them, listen, guys, we're going to do it with you here. It keeps you both on the major league roster. And they're young bucks. Like, you know, if they complain, deal with it. Like, I, I don't know. I just think that could be a, a good way for them to have a fifth starter right now while they deal with all these injuries in Houston. Yeah, I mean... I, you know, Q and Gray both throw really good uh, curveballs, and, and the Astros have been into those curveballs. I don't know that they necessarily throw super high spin curveballs, which has been something the Astros have been into. Yeah, that's and, what they've done with McHugh. And, I, and like I said, I just don't know if he's that much of an upgrade on their third their third best starting pitcher right now. So, and what I don't know that they Archer? necessarily need a third starting pitcher to get to the postseason the way it looks right now. So I, I agree with that. But what if it was a more uh, impact guy who, like Archer? Who, Archer, I think they might give up a lot for Archer because Archer's under control for a while, and and I don't even know if he's going to be available because they're thirty and thirty-one, like they're in the thick of it. Tampa Bay is, yeah, and they and just I think that's up the somebody. problem. I think identifying sellers this year is going to be very difficult. It has been the I, last couple. Like of the years. Mets, the Mets don't look like a seller, and they're twenty-five and thirty-two. So if you've got, and the Braves are still trying to build, so you're looking at the Marlins, Phillies, Pirates. 
Pirates because they might have but, to take this year on the chin and try to regroup. I don't know if who, they want to close their entire sell, window. In terms of starting pitchers, have I named someone that's amazing yet? Like Nova? Oh, no. They wouldn't. I don't think. I mean, they, tra- they signed him. him for a good deal. Yeah, they're going to they're keep him. And yeah. the Padres have the most comical rotation available. And yes, but they you found don't some want pieces anything. that emerged. And that's what I'm saying. That you don't want Cahill, but yeah, you could, you could send him a little piece for Cahill and be like, Cahill, a, you're going to be. In our right, if he's healthy, you're going to be in our bullpen. You're going to be in our rotation, but it's not like you're our third starting pitcher. So exactly. What about uh, the Giants? They're 24 and 37. Yeah, they'll never sell. I I, I don't think so either. Okay, that that was the answer I thought, but I just wanted to ask. That that'd be the only. And then the Cueto problem is Cueto is the most interesting name of that we've barely said all day, and and Cueto. But then there's this whole problem of Cueto having an option. Yes. And do you trade? So if you trade for him and he doesn't get hurt. He's a free agent. If you trade for him and he does get hurt, you're on, you're the, on the, the you're on the hook. But I mean, if he hasn't grabbed his shoulder much recently, and I don't think he has, then I think you could still be talking about like TJ. And I think you would take actually. I think you might take Cueto on the rest of his deal, even if you lost a year to, to TJ. So I don't know. I I, I think uh, right, someone though. might. Someone might take a jump at Cueto. That's that's the most interesting thing. Okay. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. Let's transition over. I mentioned Tampa Bay. Uh, they're they're on the cusp of things. They're certainly still in contention. They brought up Jacob uh, Faria. He had a big debut. Six and a third, three hits, one earned, two walks, five strikeouts. Sat 93. Uh, had four pitches that were 93, 85, 81, 76. Now, the 76-mile-per-hour curve was definitely show me. He only threw two of them uh, yesterday. So that's certainly not you know, four trusted pitches, but, but I like that he had kind of four different velocity bands that he could go to. Faria comes up before Honeywell. Um, De Leon had come up before him, right? So I think it was De Leon, Faria, mm-hmm. and now we're kind of waiting on Honeywell. Uh, it was yeah, against the White sad. Sox. I think, I think it's bad for Honeywell. I mean, that means there's two guys ahead of him. I just knew that I, 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 yeah. I've always thought that he wasn't going to be a major impact this year because he had just made it to double triple uh, A. Um, so that that's just kind of where I was on Honeywell, even though I, I loved what I saw out of him out of the uh, well, Arizona Foley. There can but, still be, you know, there can still be injuries can run through a, a team like nobody's business, like so. like nothing. You can be the most healthy team, and then literally in the span of a week, you can lose three, four guys. So that's yeah. that's a hundred percent for sure. Do not give up on Honeywell. I'm not saying but, that. I'm just saying I always had him for uh, this at year, least yeah. second, if if not third, among Free the is, prospects. So what'd you think of Freya? Freya is very much a Ray. <laughs> Uh, has a super rising fastball uh, that uh, got a lot of whiffs. I don't really know why the whiffs didn't turn into uh, to strikeouts necessarily um, on the level that like he got a ton of whiffs. And Sixteen swinging strikes yesterday, five strikeouts. Yeah, it's like a nineteen percent so, swinging strike rate or eighteen percent, I think. Yeah, amazing, amazing swinging strike rate. I think uh, he'll he'll turn more of those into strikeouts, but it is also the thing that his best pitch is his changeup. So maybe he threw those changeups in two strike counts anyway. They made bad contact, and you know he was happy with that. So yeah. uh, the good thing was he didn't walk the lineup. Uh, I have gotten texts from Colette from games saying Freya looks like garbage today because uh, he's he's seen him in Durham some. Uh, but on the sum, Faria's numbers in, in the minor leagues are great this year. His debut was great. If you look at the numbers on his pitches, they're great. Real rising fastball. It's a little bit straight, 
So maybe uh, over time people will line it up, but it's actually so straight that it's it looks a little bit like Kershaw in terms of oh. just looking at the numbers, you know. Okay. So um, I think at some point you get so straight that it becomes like a cut fastball. People start talking about your your four seam has natural cut and stuff like that. So um, I, I don't think that it's straight like Gossman. Gossman's uh, you know okay. four seamer has basically average. Uh, horizontal movement that's straight the average one, the one thing because I like. it looks like everybody else's whereas you know Faria's is five inches straighter but that means five inches weirder exactly uh, i'm just glad personally that i never bought in on kevin gossman like i never encouraged people to get him or anything i was just always been out on that guy from day one and so that's you know the 586. No! Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> the least true thing I've ever said. God, he's been a nightmare this year, and it's so frustrating to watch uh, Kevin Gossman. Yeah. But that's an interesting point that you talk about uh, with the straightness of a fastball, how it can, th- there's like a spectrum to where it can actually be a positive, or it could just be straight and flat and, uh, and, and get pummeled. The way that uh, that Kevin Gossman does. Beautiful changeup, by the way, for Freya. That everything everything lines up. Eight inches drop over his four seam, six inches fade, eleven mile an hour gap. It's uh, it almost. I almost wonder if it's if he's got some scroogey action on it, like uh, like his homeboy Honeywell. His buddy Honeywell, yeah. So because it it's it's got everything you need, and then I you know Cotton you know speaking of you know Cotton has similar you know beautiful stats on his on his slider, but I don't think that, and I can make sure of this, but I don't think that. Uh, the changeup, the screwball that Cotton's got. Yeah, you said slider. Um, so I was confused. He, he's got. Um, I said slider. Sorry. Yes. Uh, his Scroogey. He doesn't have the same problem. Cotton actually has a problem. Uh, Cotton doesn't get extension, and um, when he so that means when he when he throws the pitch, he sort of short arms it. How, how much does his size play into that? Like what I know. Smaller guys can get extension, but he's 5'11". That was a concern with Cotton coming up was that – and it always is. Anytime you're not six feet or or, or taller, even if you are six, even you you, you get tabbed as someone who's not going to be able to hold up starting. Smaller guys have had extension. Like it can be done. Uh, Tim Lentz becomes a good example. Cotton seems to not only – he plays even lower than his 5'11 height seat. It's just like – no real extension on anything that he has, so his stuff plays down, even though it's a it's a solid arsenal. And he just has struggled this year. I thought he just, I thought he had way more command uh, of his stuff, not just based off the twenty nine innings last year, but just kind of uh, you know from stuff read and his minor league work. I thought Cotton had more command of his stuff this year. The 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 league is challenging him greatly, and and he's not. He's not succeeding. I'm not, that I'm not out long term. I mean, but the, the 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 lack of extension, the lack of stride, is uh, a little bit of an explanation. But I think that that can be toyed with a little bit, just in terms of you know, let's call Cotton a bad fastball guy. I've fallen for lots of bad fastball. Oh, your guys favorite in the past. type of player, right? So what he needs to do is throw the cutter a, a, a poop ton, right? And and kind of hide the fastball a little bit more than he thinks he, he can, right? So that means he needs to really uh, develop a little bit more feel for the cutter in terms of using it as a stolen strike pitch or, or a get-ahead pitch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is all possible. And, um, you, know, there, you know, I'm not totally out on him. It, just to have a plus uh, 
out pitch like he has is is and be in that park is is good was good enough for Jared Parker, right? What, so what about this though? You know, if I'm revising him down to Jared Parker, you know, upside, I think that's that's decent. So I agree because I was I was obsessed with Jared Parker and the injuries that <laughs> beset him were, were were very unfortunate. Stick with me on this one. Uh, what if they move the mound up for move forward for him? You think they could do that? Just kind of move it up. <laughs> six inches closer yeah. to the plate for Jarrell Cotton. And, you know, just for him. Three they like inches. run out there, they run yeah. out there, and it's like... Doo, 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 just doo, move doo. it in between innings. They're always doing crap on the field in between innings anyway. I'm just saying. No, okay, uh, sorry. Let's move on to Mike Fultonevich. Goes seven scoreless for the second straight start. He's been strong in five of his last six, amassing a 257 ERA and a 14% strikeout minus walk rate. Fulty was somebody I was in on coming into the season. Uh, you know, didn't get off to a great start. The league's the league depth where I took him allowed me to kind of stay the course. Um, pardon me, he actually did get off to a good start, then fell on some hard times uh, later. A, a big seven earned run outing against Atlanta. Um, a couple other duds as well, but for the most part, he's been pretty good. Now, the one thing I would like to see is more strikeouts and fewer homers more more fewer homers honestly I, i'll keep the strikeout rate at 7.7 it was 8.1 last year it's kind of you know 19 to 22 percent that's fine if you could cut the homers but the homers have still been an issue with fulty he's 25 years old 348 era on the season how do you feel about fulty andrew Kashner. oh that's so mean dude you can't say that about somebody that's that's a hate crime dude that's so <laughs> shitty like come on Andrew That's Kashner so unfair. I, I love Sorry. Andrew Kashner, but he was not good. <laughs> and no, when he was, I, it was always for like 80 innings. So, I, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking present day. I'm thinking present day Kashner. You're talking more Yeah, I, I'm talking San about Diego a little bit Kashner. earlier on. Yeah, but even then, um, I'm not sure that uh, he necessarily has the injury component, but he might. I mean, he hasn't been completely healthy. And Bolton what's Nevich the most? Hasn't. Yeah, he had Bolton the rest I mean, we've seen one season with 150. And otherwise, and that's minors and majors combined. Yeah, yeah. Okay, 2012 he did 150 as well. So okay, um, so two seasons 150. Otherwise he's hovering from 100 to 150. Some of that's been roll. He's been he's been shuttled around a little bit. Uh, has done some relieving uh, for the Astros in 2014. He came up and only relieved. Yep. Um, so th- there's been some back and forth. Uh, the reason I just bring it up is I'm just not sure that Fultonevich has an amazing pitch other than his fastball and his fastball is pretty straight it's just really fast just about to say that and it's the bad straight yeah it's the bad straight it's average movement like literally average movement uh average movement average spin uh average whiffs just an average ass pitch but in velocity it's good the changeup gets good results, but it gets good results in a small sample. Doesn't use it very often, and in terms of movement uh, off of his fastballs, it's not uh, impressive. So then you've got the slider, and early this season he was throwing the slider like Matt. Um, you think he got scared by it? It's already allowed four homers this year, and it allowed four homers all of last year. The slider did, and um, the slider gets tw- he throws it a ton. And he gets twelve percent whiffs, which is actually below average. So, I just you like he he actually gets a slightly more than average whiffs on the four scene. That's that's some people are like, well, how does he get whiffs at all then? <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, so his four seam does get some whiffs just based on that velocity. So, and he's improved his command a little bit. 
you know, I think it's mostly, you know, getting, uh, I don't even know. I, I, like, it doesn't really uh, leap off the page. It's not more in the zone than usual. Um, it's not more first strikes, you know. He doesn't show up well on the heart minus edge. I, d- I think he's decent, but I think Andrew Kashner, to me, is a name that's relevant. It's just what we thought formats? we thought we had this guy with all this gas and yep. with good breaking walls and a good changeup. And you could look at Fulte's page and say, oh, look, he's got, you know, 22% whiffs on his changeup. Well, why is he only thrown 80 of them? You know? And why does the trajectory and the movement of the pitch blah? So maybe the changeup isn't that good. Maybe the slider is actually a below average pitch. Maybe the curve, you know, is a below average pitch by whiffs. At least it stays in the park, but it doesn't get ground balls. So it, you know you're kind of like where's the there there you know what am I what am I putting my hands around so I think that's fair uh, what 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 formats would you actively keep him on your I would have him as my last pitcher on a 15 team so I guess I that means I'm ranking him in the 75 80s somewhere okay around there. Um, it's not a it's not a pitcher that that leaps up to like the you know 60s where in a 12 team I want him so. So the one thing I could say is 12-team, you've been hit by the injury bug yeah. you know, disproportionately, I could see. At home, uh, not even at home, actually. I was going to say at that home. That home park's tough. Yeah. Sun but trust, if you, man. But if you've got a nice, a nice stretch of you know Mets and maybe he Phillies, goes out west. Marlins. His division know, certainly helps. He can't face his yeah. own team. But um, the, the Nats are the only team you're running from. In the division right. with Mike Fultonevich. Okay, so that that's matchup what we are. streamer type for me. Yeah. Okay, uh, that that makes that makes sense. Um, you know, he's on a good run right now, but the, but the stuff just doesn't say that that he can be a, a mid threes ERA guy the, the the full year. So until we see some more development there, but he is twenty five too. So I, I don't want to rule out development, but uh, your analysis of the stuff is, is right on. Let's move into some bullpens and we'll talk some closer battles first and then we'll get into some some middle relievers kind of regardless of what team they're on uh pennsylvania is having a, a, a crisis of closer right now in general in philly you've got uh, hector naris being challenged by pat neshek there's a quote by pete mccannon saying that that the splitter's just not uh playing the way it did last year and that neshek could get some closer opportunities taken away uh from naris how do you feel about that situation out in philly and is is Pat Neshek somebody you'd go out and get? He's been throwing pretty well through 22 innings this year. I, I can't do it. I can't do it because he's a rookie. He's such he's a just, rookie. He, you know, if, if, if people don't know what a loogie is, and it's not you know the one you hawk, <laughs> a, a loogie is a you have to. It's a kind of a visual. It's like Toot Bland. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna do all of them. Toot Bland is thrown out on the bases like, like a nincompoop. nincompoop. And uh, tin tin stap is uh there is no such thing as a as a pitching, pitching prospect yes and we've uh, updated that with tins to cap which is there is no such thing as a catching prospect, prospect. so loogie is a lefty one out guy so the g and the y and there's like guy. a little little u in between <laughs> yeah you're, you're making you're, you're fudging it a little bit but for for a good good term i like it loogie and you hear that a lot because lefty will come in and he could be Randy Choate and have like a 15-year career of like just getting out, you know, David Ortiz, prime Ryan Howard. Like that was like all he did. Jerry Blevins has kind of emerged a, a, a little bit beyond a loogie, but he had some loogie tendencies. We've seen some rugies start to develop. Uh, and, and there, of course, that would just be a righty one-out guy. And 
a lot of times you can get lucky and, and, and it can be a full inning because the righties are more prevalent. But uh, that's that's kind of the way that, that Nishek's been the last few years. Lefties have really started to get to him. Righties still can't touch him. This year so far, though, in 37 plate appearances against lefties, uh, Nishek has, has trounced them. 147, 194, 176, triple slash. But it is 37 plate appearances. Last year in 55 plate appearances, they had a 967 OPS. So 967. And if you look at his actual what he's done against lefties, there there has been a little change from last year where he's he's going more to the sinker and away and away from his secondary stuff. However, it's not something that he's never done in his past. You know, it's not like he just, just discovered something. You know, two years ago he had way more sinkers against lefties. So I think in general what you should fall back on in a case like this, because you don't really want to look you don't even really want to look at the twelve the fifty five batters he faced in twenty sixteen and say, oh, nine seven six OPS bank it. You know, it's fifty five guys. So I think what you look at is usage. In the past he's, you know, often not been used against lefties. This year it's a little bit more even. And then you look at his arm slot, and that arm slot itself actually predicts a, a big platoon split. Once you get past about even with the waist in terms of arm slot, uh, then you start incurring massive platoon splits, mostly because the you know opposite-handed guy can see that ball for a really long time. If you, you're bringing it out there, it just looks like they can see it forever. And um, so that's, I think, and also, and then you go back to our, our fundamental, you know, stuff. Now they're getting into the bullpens, you know, things that you fall e- back on. Four are, factors. I like yes. to call Eno's four factors for, for a new closer. Factor. I need to come up. I'm going to need to guys, have like a sound. We need, or a, well, not only that, we need an acronym. We're talking loogie, tins. Yeah. We need something for, something about Eno's four <laughs> factors for closing. You got the E in <laughs> oh. there. F F U. <laughs> he oh knows four factors. Well, yeah, for closing. F. He knows four factors fuck. for <laughs> usurping <Fuck>. closers. <laughs> e fuck. Yeah, he go. knows four <laughs> factors for usurping closers. That's right, because we are usurping closers. Anyway, those uh, four factors are uh, in order: uh, roll, velocity. Uh, actually, it might be strikeouts. So, roll, strikeouts, velocity, handedness. Okay. Uh, and so, roll is still most important. Who who pitched the last eighth inning in a winning in a winning situation? Nishek does have that uh, two eighths. He does have row, that. They're using the they're using both of them. Or, or a couple. But of the days. problem is, I think the problem with using him that role for him is that they're kind of two headed closing it right now. Yes, they so are. they're kind of they they've been taking Naris out of the middle of them and coming in with Gomez. So they've got basically two closers. So Nashek is almost like the setup to the two closers, which means he's almost like the seventh inning guy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. you know, in a if they were all set, it would be Nashek in the seventh, Gomez in the eighth, Naris in the ninth. That's that's be how I'd throw it. That's and, then, ideal. and then if you look at yeah, and if you look at strikeout rates and velocity. Um, that's how you would line it up, pretty much. Well, uh, um, he Nishek and Gomez have similar strikeout rates. One thing about Gomez, you know, he's been a nightmare this year with like a fifty home run rate. Actually, it's three point one. Even Mike Fires is like, yeesh. whoa, dude. But uh, it matches his walk rate. That's we knew never he, we good. knew he was a chump here. Was that? Oh, we we did we did. But his strikeouts are up a bit, seventeen and seventeen and two thirds. But Nishek does have some some good strikeouts here. He does have uh, twenty one in his twenty two innings. Uh, he's got the handedness, but the velocity piece 
is a is a big deal when when looking at at his e fuck rating, and so yeah. I I think that that could be it could be temp I think it's temporary right I think it's something where Neris needs to get the splitter going again and uh, I think he's been hanging some that have been hit out of the ballpark he got a one point four homer if also he gets they've the been homers, unfair to him I think they've been unfair to him I watched one where they took him out of it and it was like two singles and he was out and it was like like not seeing eye but you know. Like two little singles, like, like base come on. hits between the second and first base. Yeah, or, like, like those aren't the a, end of the off world. Off a split finger, yeah, like whatever. And if you look at his swing strike rate, it's beautiful. His strikeout rate is down a little bit, but there's no thing to point at. I guess his velocity, because I'm looking at pitch FX, I guess his velocity is down a little bit, but you know it's still above average for a really. You know, you know, average for a reliever is like 94 now. I believe it. It's insane <laughs> how many of these guys <laughs> come out and just fight. Like it's unbelievable. I'm I, I'm impressed daily, even though it's been happening now for a while. I'm just like, damn. They just brought out yeah. three guys in a row who all put the little. You know, on Fox, like when you throw 95 plus, it does the little flame graphic on the, really? on the little score bug, and you're like, damn, that flame thing has been going on fire it's for the last three constantly. innings, for crying out loud. Yeah, they have to move that one up. So Neris has, Neris has above average velocity. He's still 94, 95. You know, it's more like 93, 94 for relievers. So he still has above average velocity, has great split finger, great whiffs, doesn't have a real command problem, has had a home run problem. That's probably hanging splitters, like you said. That's a little bit iffy in Philadelphia. But, you know, if there was no such thing as arbitration money, he would be my. I think he would be the closer. So buying I opportunity on Naris, in your opinion, while Nisha yes, kind of messes around with is, it. Yeah, and especially in keeper leagues where you buy this year and you say maybe I only get five to ten more saves this year because they're going to jerk him around and do whatever. But you know, going forward, he's the most likely guy in that bullpen to be the closer unless Vince Velasquez uh, becomes a reliever. Out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's move yeah. within the state. I think Naris is actually uh, one of the better ones. I mean, if you look up and down uh, our closer report, our in terms of long term, you're saying, or even this year. I mean, if you look up and down your the bullpen report, let's do let's just do like a real quick zoom out before we zoom back into a, a specific situation. Okay. What uh, other? There's only to me. Let's just name bullpens and 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 see. I I guess uh, up in. Up in the air, sort of, are Houston, maybe Houston, Arizona sort of, seems yeah. like you know like an ongoing tire fire. Definitely, um, Anaheim, maybe. Norris has been all uh, right, and as long as Bedrosian yeah. is hurt, I, I think and it's, he got hurt again. Norris's yeah, job. I mean that's just as the asterisk. So let's take that off. So let's take Anaheim off. Is Norris until Bedrosian can walk? Um, <laughs> and he currently cannot and, walk. Without hurting himself, uh, so we got Arizona, Houston, uh, Pittsburgh, which we'll talk about in a moment. I'm for me, Seattle's off. Off Seattle's fine. She's, He's back, yeah. and we we said yeah. that right. That, yeah. I, I, I'm not patting us on the back. That was an easy call, in my yeah. opinion. That that Edwin was as his thing was definitely a get your head right. Couple weeks yeah. away from the job. And then he was James Pazos. Who the hell's James? Pa- Sorry, James Pazos. But like, and he, no, he, dude. He, He's not. He 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 um, he 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 fails one of the the tests. He's lefty. He's lefty. Left handed passes. So Edwin got his job back. So Seattle, I agree with you. We should probably change right, the so color we, on that. So I'm, I'm going to call it Arizona. Uh, Houston's the last on the list, but Arizona, Houston, um, Philly, Pittsburgh, Oakland, Philly, Pittsburgh, and San Diego. So you got six yep. situations of which 
you know, Arizona, they don't seem really either they don't have a great option behind him or they're just, you know, locked into Rodney all year. That I don't really I don't know. Maybe. They don't want to give Bradley a shot at it. I, do, maybe. Let me let me ask about it. we we weren't gonna talk Arizona, but do you think Bradley could go in and like be do you think he's a starter? Archie Bradley. No. So he never found that change up. He never found the cutter he played around with, it wasn't good enough. If they're not going to commit to using him as the Chris Davinsky role, the the multi inning guy, uh, and they've really gotten away from it, uh, he's only gone multiple innings once in his last. I'm eyeballing it about ten outings after doing it uh, in all of his first six outings of the year. So mm-hmm. if you're not going to commit to that for Archie Bradley, why wouldn't you just put him as closer, where he can be that high impact guy at the end of the game? And they're in a spot in the standings where they need every win. You know, they can't and, be pissing away dubs. Not a chance, man. This is a halfway decent club. And you got Rodney back there. More than halfway decent, I should say. This is a quality club. And you got Rodney, Rodney back there giving away wins. Looks like a crazy man. I, he, he walks the lineup. You just either going to walk him all or you're you, like still a risk of a home run. Mm-hmm. And you just you're on the edge of your seat. Yeah, I, I okay. Let's leave him in there then, because I think Bradley. Okay, so then let's let's talk about the second guys in those situations. So because, for example, you could say the Yankees are up in arms or are, well, are on this list, but you can't because everybody is owned. Dallin Batansis and exactly. Rose Chapman owned. There's nothing. There's no arbitrage opportunity there. Um, and you could actually maybe say that for Philly. I think Neris and Gomez and, are owned, and, and, and or Benoit, nobody wants to own Gomez. But but it's a matter of if anybody has Nishek yet. He's going to be he's going to have some availability this weekend. I'm just and, not. I'm not pimping him, man. I'm not. I, pimping I'm him. I'm with you. The only thing that's got me looking at him though, and if I'm desperate for saves, is is the manager talk right? That that should be part of probably on the yeah. EFUC rating as well though. Is yeah, manager they, chatter? They, they lie. They do lie. How they many times have you heard, he's got my voice, he's Boy, got my... Vote of confidence. Know, and then the very next outing, yeah. oh, we just want to give him a break. We just want to give him a break. Yeah. So we went to the other guy who's now going to be the closer forever. Um, yeah, I so. think San Diego is is in this situation like almost like New York, where it's like Brandon Maher and Brad Hand owned. Exactly. Both are owned. They've been co-closing. Or you're in a 10-teamer and you have to choose, and then that should say, I say pick Brad Hand because he's a better pitcher. I was Even just about to ask you, him. who do you think is the better pitcher? Okay, Hand. Hand's been amazing since moving to yeah. the bullpen, by the way. He's had two ri- – he was excellent last year, and he's carrying it all uh, forward He has more year. trade value, by the way, and they'll oh, trade totally anybody. Agree. They could Somebody get wants him, him as their Andrew Miller, for sure. Yep. So. He, could, he could go for a mint to where you're like, Brad Hand drew that, and then you go look at the numbers, you're like, okay, okay, I see I how Brad trying, Hand got I'm that. I'm trying right now in Auto New. In my Auto New Experts League, I'm in first, and everybody wants the most ridiculous crap <laughs> for a closer. And we're talking about Keeper League, right? So I'm gonna, they want, like, my Vlad Guerrero Jr. or my Ahmed Rosario okay. for, 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 like, for closers like Brandon Maurer and Addison okay, Reed. And y'all. you know what I'm saying? Don't be trying it's to like, rip no, off my dude. boy, you know. I don't think no, so. No, I'm not going to give you the, like a top 10 prospect type not a for, for a guy who's like about 20% likely to keep his role and his only value is in his role. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I, I'm struggling. So, but I have uh, given out uh, some offers for Maurer and Casilla because I could actually see them kind of closing all year. You know, Casilla, where so they don't give you good numbers, they just give you saves. Oakland's a, a mess, but I guess Madsen could take over. That's interesting, but Madsen's own too. He's a million yeah. years old. Yeah, 
Um, I mean, Oakland is anything can happen. And I think San Diego is really the same thing. And the best pitcher in that bullpen is the one most likely to be traded away. So, yeah. Well, let's talk Pittsburgh. Know. You mentioned Pittsburgh. They, they're yeah. in flux. Tony Watson not getting the job done. Felipe Rivero is quietly out of his mind. And if they are making moves, uh, I don't know how much more team control he has. I, I would imagine that he has some Felipe Rivero does. But you could get, oh, man, I think you could get a mint for a guy like this. But he's a 25-year-old uh, who's not a free agent until 2022, so probably not. He's throwing like 102 regularly, not on average, but like regularly. Um, mm. and, and Tony Watson, again, just not getting it done. Wasn't elite as closer last year either when, when he was in the closer's role. But this year it's particularly troubling. The strikeouts are way down. Home runs are way up. Hits are way up. You got Rivero there. It's another lefty, but if you're taking Watson out, putting Rivero in, the lefties are not their issue because they even have Wade LeBlanc if they need. Like they, mm-hmm. the, the main reason that lefties don't usually get the job is, of course, platoon because there are more righties. But secondarily, it's that they wouldn't have a lefty to go to in the earlier innings because most bullpens have one lefty. That's not the problem in Pittsburgh. So I got to imagine that Watson's on thin ice and that uh, Rivero and even uh, Juan Nicasio, if they did want to go to a righty, have got to be looked at right now. How do you feel about the Pittsburgh bullpen? Yeah, you know, they just traded for Felipe Rivero. They did. That was the Mark Melanson deal, yeah? That's it, Mark Melanson. Maybe Washington um, should have just kept Felipe Rivero. Yeah. Yeah, that would... Uh, How that great would, would he be They would love right to now. have him right now. A Glover-Rivero um, righty-lefty combo at the end of the game? Oh, man. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, again, this is kind of the same situation where uh, they're they're in a selling situation. So, again, what could what could happen? They could would they trade Tony Watson low, basically sell him low, or sell high on Rivero? Uh, you know, given that Watson has fewer years of control, you'd think they'd want to sell high. They'd sell. They'd rather sell Watson. So I think, in this. You know, it's really tough because I think if they were really out of it, you know, and not just four and a half game backs of, of the Cubs right now. Yeah. If they were really out of it, I think that they would actually play. Um, I think they would actually play Watson. By the way, and try to recover his value and trade him closer to the deadline. It's really and funny that you mentioned Felipe Rivero. The yeah. Cubs, um, as how far they're behind the Cubs, because the Cubs aren't actually leading the division. So Brewers fans are really <laughs> mad at you right now for saying they're four and a half. Well, I the just Cubs. meant like no. I know the, what you meant. I know what you meant. I'm just saying. No, it's no, funny. no. It was shorthand for you know out of the money in terms of and exactly. You know, uh, you know. I, I guess the Cubs aren't actually in the money. It's the D-backs and the Dodgers at 36. Well, they're only six back of the of the Brewers, right? But they are so ten back the of the situation. wild card. Yeah. So anyway, I, kn- I knew what you were saying. I'm sorry. I just I, there's some Brewers fans like, why is he referencing the Cubs? We're the ones leading the division. Um, but to your point, right now they're on that fringe. Right? They could move some guys. They they might not. Should they go away from Watson? He's been struggling. He had a tough one in Baltimore. Uh, they blew back to back games out there. Was Watson on both of them? I think he was on. Yeah, he was on back to back two run homers late in the game. In Baltimore, yeah. I mean, all things being equal, if this was a contending team, I think we, I, and because handedness is not an issue because they're both lefties, I think that Felipe Rivero is probably the best pickup 
you know, maybe Archie Bradley is a sneaky better pickup because um, Arizona's trying to win right now, sure. and they will gra- gladly sacrifice a couple million dollars in saves money to Archie Bradley if it means you know getting out from under Rodney as closer. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I think Bradley's a sneaky number one. Everyone in my chat was talking about Felipe Rivero, and Felipe Rivero is 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 one A to Archie Bradley's one B. Um, but I take both of them over Nishek, and I might take Madsen over Nishek. Okay, and so you're not in on Nishek at all. I keep bringing it up, like definitely not. Yeah, <laughs> if there's one thing I'm doing, I'm not taking Nishek. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about the best shortstops, and they're like, yeah, but I'm just not taking Nishek. Not Nishek, regardless. Um, <laughs> but no, okay, so and I understand that. By the way, I understand your, your reluctance. I I really like Rivero. I'm I'm. Really high yeah. on on what he's doing. I'm looking at Watson's game log right now. Holy hell! Yeah, it wasn't even just the last two. No, no, no. Look at Watson. He's allowed. There two, were some blowups earlier. He's allowed two runs in four of his last seven outings. Uh, four of his last eight. Yeah, uh, yeah. Four of his last eight outings, and that still not good. Is brutal. And, and then even before that, he had two scoreless ones, and then there was uh, he gave up four runs in four outings on a homer again. On May nineteenth, so it's like the homers have been a problem. Even yeah. when he's not giving up homers, he's giving up runs. He's not missing bats. I don't know why we're not hearing more chatter out there. And maybe it's what you're saying. Like they're just kind of going. There's, I mean, both of their the pages, both of their pages have something. I mean, the, the page, uh, the Rotowire News update for Rivero yesterday was uh, Clint Hurdle saying we've talked at length since Felipe got here that one day he'll close. He shows you that stuff. His stuff okay. was, tonight was electric. So okay, I, I know, that's not that. saying. We're taking that. We're we're making him closer, but that's that's pretty good chatter. I'd get. I, mean, I don't think. I'd like to see what the note on Bradley says now. I I think you got to go out and get Rivero, and you got to pay yeah, Archie Bradley and Rivero because uh, Archie Bradley uh, tossed a perfect seventh inning. It was a hold, so he, that's good. That's good usage, but it was a seventh inning, which means I guess Hoover. That's a thing too. We didn't. We got to mention Hoover. And listen, it's easy to say he sucks. It, it's tough to be named after a vacuum cleaner when you actually suck. And, <laughs> but I will give him credit for this. His strikeout rate is through the roof, but he still allows too many homers, and he's always allowed homers, save 2013, which obviously we're, we're pretty far removed from walks when he the was lineup, finally. Un- yeah, walks the lineup and homers the lineup. Like, that's not a good combo. So I will mention him just because he's closed before, and that's sometimes. You know, earns people a chance. Hopefully, Tori Lavolo is beyond that and understands. You know what? Let's just go with the best guy, and it's Bradley. But we have to at least mention Hoover. Fourteen point yeah. six strikeout rate. Again, he got a hold in in that last game. And so, yeah, I, I, I still think Bradley. Bradley uh, is a. And if we're talking overall uh, names, I want to own uh, in sort of twelve, fifteen teams where you're trying to get the next closer. It's uh, Bradley. Uh, Felipe, if Brad Hand is not owned, Brad Hand. Yep. Um, I don't. T- talk to me about what you think about Texas. Uh, people seem to be really worried about Matt Bush, but see, I'm I see a fine whiff rate. I, I know he had the two home run game against was, the Mets. And- I was actually going to message the the bullpen report team and say maybe change that to Green. Like I don't, I don't know that there is so much trouble with him he's got the velocity piece he's got the the swing and miss as you mentioned yeah. and and who's going who's going to take the the gig the one that i would me- that i would mention as 
keeping an eye on if you're specking and you're deep or you're AL only is Keone Kella, um, right. whose season got off to a slow start because of an attitude issue. That's why he got sent out because uh, he threw a fit in like a, a side set or a backfield game or something. Something mm-hmm. attitude wise is what cost him. But he throws 96, 32% strikeout rate, but too many walks right now. And I think that's what will keep him. But I, I don't know. I think Bush just has as many a firm home handle. Runs. Almost they both have home run, run issues. Yep. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and Bush's uh, home runs uh, come with a, a higher home run per fly ball rate, so a, a 15% home run per fly ball rate, which should regress. So, And, and um, the one thing is like, uh, his fly ball rate is up, Bush's is, from 32 to 43 this year. So that's a little alarming with the home run issue. But like you said, if that home run to fly ball rate comes back down to, quote-unquote, where it's supposed to be, I don't know. I, I – Looking at it deeper, since since the home run issue I hadn't really acknowledged, I can see why it's yellow on our bullpen report page, but, but I, I feel pretty confident in Bush. This is what kind of a sample we're talking about with relievers. He gave up a home run opening day. He didn't give up a home run for like 20 straight appearances, and then he <laughs> gave up a home run in Tampa and two home runs in, in New, York, New York, and all of a sudden he has a home run problem. Yeah, you can't if use Heller for nine for relievers. You lose another 10, you can go another 10 innings without a home run, and then he doesn't have a home run problem. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, exactly. I, I see. Uh, I look at his stuff, and he has the stuff of a closer. He has the swinging strike rate of a closer. He could, if he wants more whiffs, I think he could have it. I mean, he he's cut down his use of his of his breaking balls this year, and because his 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 ninety eight mile an hour fastball is fine, you know. So if he if he thinks he needs more whiffs, he can go get them. You know, it's not it's not a question of him being an you know ninety two mile an hour Jinmar Gomez type. He's a, no. he's a closer. So that's Matt Bush, and, by the way, that we're talking about, and he's he's yeah. Him. Matt Bush is I, I'm not I'm not um, yeah. Kayla in like an eighteen team or twenty team, then Kayla has to be on board. But then Kayla's on board when you're talking about Tommy Conley. Yes. When you're talking about um, Arroyo Piscaino. When you're talking about situations that aren't up for grabs right now, but that could be traded into Jacob Barnes. an issue. Jacob Barnes is great. If the Milwaukee decides they can get a lot for Corey Kniebel, maybe they'll they do it. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because it, maybe they maybe they convince everybody, you know, instead of Robertson, it's Kniebel that everybody wants because he's got more years I mean, of control and Kniebel's he's awesome been. and young. He's, he's amazing. Really, he's really, really, really good. Um, I do. I, wanna... I've always thought he was. I always thought he was uh, just another coming of uh, Kim, Kimbrel, and it's really looking like it. You know, and it's interesting. They both have the same initials, CK. But um, mm. I remember when the Tigers drafted him, they were going to move him to starter, and he actually said, "No, I'd, ra- I'd rather just relieve." Like he, he just really. He kind of knew his role, and I guess it's weird to hear that. And and I was taken aback by it, and I actually had a negative reaction. I was like, "Wait, why wouldn't you want to start if?" If you're getting the opportunity to, because you, you just assume that people that p- pitchers would want to start, but you know, who's going to know him better than himself? And he's, if he's thinking, you know what, I've got I've got the goods to relieve. I got two pitches. Let me just get those one to two innings out, and I can do that. Then, by all means, that's fine. And he's been great. Uh, he's really started to emerge as a primetime reliever. He's 25 years old, 16.2 strikeout rate this year. Walks are a little high, but when you don't give up any hits, it doesn't really matter. He's got a 4.8 walk rate, but a 4.5 hit rate. And, yeah, that's pretty low. But for a reliever, when you're on, you can maintain a, 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 a silly hit rate. And so even if you kind of bump that back up to like six per nine, I think Corey Knievel is going to keep a great whip, great ERA, great strikeout rate. So, yeah, if he were traded, Jacob Barnes would be there. Um, and, and those other names that we talked about. David Phelps? 
David Phelps is a good. I was, I was actually. Oh, I meant to write them down. Sorry, I meant to write Miami down. I got Miami and St. Louis. I want to talk uh, talk about before we wrap up here. Let's go to Miami since you brought him up. AJ Ramos has he's, been. Sputtering. I don't think he's going to lose the job if he's in Miami all year. I don't. You think? But he could get moved, right? Because yeah. even though there's some struggles, this is the guy, and this is with relievers, by the way. In, in terms of trying to figure out who's going to be traded. I really don't think you can look at the numbers, like the ERA and the WHIP, and just say, "Oh, that guy won't get traded." Like he's got a 3.92 ERA. Who's going to trade for AJ Ramos? Plenty of teams would see. Okay, his velocity's fine. Strikeout rate still through the roof. Of a two ERA, yeah, yeah two, they're, two seven. They're going to judge it on the long term, and they're going to say the one thing that's, that's standing why, out you know, this year is a home run issue for Ramos. And if they can fix it, that's a guy you get in July, and he puts up a a, a one fifty ERA the rest of the year, and like. Trading for AJ Ramos was a huge move for the whomever, you know, uh, and, mm-hmm. and and spurred them. Remember when they got Sam Dyson from the Marlins? Texas did. Now he's been since DFA'd, but like that was he wasn't killing it that year, and he ended up dominating for them. So don't that's right, that's right. Th- don't get caught yeah. up in and the stats for relievers. It's it's also a reason to you know like someone's like, well, why wouldn't the White Sox just trade Tommy Conley? He's more exciting because Tommy Conley's been doing this for twenty five innings. minutes. Yeah. Yeah, and and you don't like other than you know Trader Dombrowski and and Thornburg, you don't you don't go trading a lot of players for a, a reliever who's done it for a half season. So. Exactly, Robertson and a healthy Nate Jones are, would fetch them a mint. And they could put they could pair them, you know, and then Jones or Jones is still uh, till, still hurt, and Conley just takes the role because he's the healthy one. That's, exactly, that's also super possible. So exactly. I like in those deeper leagues. I like Conley. I like David Phelps. So you mentioned Phelps. By the way, people are going to be screaming, "What about Bearclaw?" We got to mention Bearclaw. But 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 Phelps is to get the use. He's got the five holes. And the last Bearclaw sucks now. That's what I was going to point out. I don't know where his command. Twenty three percent. He had command issues in the minors. Is is something that should. He's had command issues in the majors. Yeah, eighteen and fourteen percent walk rates. Nineteen percent this year, but. That walk rate is a lot more palatable when you have a 30-plus percent strikeout rate. It was 31 and 37 the last two years. This year, Bear calls at 23, which is not great. I mean, it, here's a big difference, by the way, between strikeout rate and, and, and K9. He's got a yeah. 23% strikeout rate, but a, a 10.0 K per nine. So the K9 looks good, but it's only because he walks everybody and he gets so many opportunities to finally get that strikeout in the inning. You have to look at the K rate and see that 23% is pretty underwhelming for Bearclaw. So I agree with you. Phelps is next in line, not Bearclaw. Yeah. And Ziegler's actually been pretty bad too, by the way. A guy that uh, when they brought him over, like, well, he could he could push Ramos. He's been a nightmare too. So I do think that Phelps is the spec pick uh, out there in, um, in Miami. Let's move on to uh, St. Louis. And Sengwano, I think, has gotten back on track a little bit. But... Trevor Rosenthal having some of the best, uh, throwing some of his best ball ever, really. Strikeout rate is through the roof. Velocity sitting at 99 over the last month. Uh, actually, for the whole year, 99.1 is his average career high. 42% strikeout rate, 9% walk rate. Like I said, O has righted the ship a little bit, but Trevor Rosenthal is somebody that you'd spec on right now? I mean, at one point I was I was sure that that he was the best uh, pickup, and I, well, that I was, definitely yeah. that was when O was poof. O was really falling apart, and he hadn't he hadn't struck anybody out in a while, and he was walking everybody. 
the one thing that I you can say about oh is that he's gotten back to striking people out. I mean, he's in his last four appearances, he's got ten strikeouts against one walk. So that's that's, that's really comforting as opposed to like you could take any four other appearances and you'd have almost equal walks and strikeouts the rest of the year. How about this though? So he's thirty four and he's a free agent after this year. And I mean, oh, always are... one of these guys I'm trying to trade for where the guy is asking for like a starting level outfielder in Autonew, <laughs> a starting level keeper outfielder, and a keeper what? starting pitcher. And I'm like, why? What are you talking about? That's insane. Uh, because always, like you said, he's 34, 35 years old, and if there's any, you know, decision in St. Louis to look to the future, it's going to be Rosenthal. It goes back to Rosenthal and, exactly. And it and and given O's you know, pedestrian walk and strikeout rates and super pedestrians, uh, velocity. Velo. You may look yeah. down there and see 92.6 and see he's fine. At this point, that's below average. That's a mediocre so. EFUC rating. And I think, um, I, I think Rosenthal would rate very high on the EFUC chart yeah. in terms of, um, his velocity strikeout. The rate. problem is that we just don't have as much, uh, smoke, you know, exactly. We're not hearing anything because, Oh, it's gotten on track. And he's that's, not that's the thing. Up. Yeah. But it, you know, it, it's, you know, it gets it got read pretty quickly on Tony Watson. And th- I was going to so, say, and this is when it's cheapest though. Get Rosenthal now yeah. when somebody picked him up two weeks ago when you and I were hyping him, and they cut him. That person cut him. They're like, ah, that's not happening anymore. They cut like, him. I, I think now what I'm going to do in a couple bucks. And I think this might be a good you know good thing for people who are in keeper leagues or trying to to navigate this same sort of situation where they're they're winning but they don't want to give up you know huge prospects or big parts of their team to to get a closer because. Dealing for a closer is nasty. I hate it. I hate it. I think I'm, what I'm trying to do is try, uh, pry Santiago Casilla and and uh, Trevor Rosenthal free, uh, uh, you know, loose for myself with less than you know less than what people are asking for 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 closers, right? Yeah. So say screw you to the guy with friggin' O who wants everything and say, oh look, he's not worth anything. You got nothing. Aww. Good job there. Good buddy. luck. I have Rosenthal, yeah. though. Why don't you cut O for his money? Um, yeah, so I, I agree. I, that might try to do. Maybe maybe just get a bunch. Maybe get, like, Phelps and Rosenthal and just hope one or two of them turned into a closer, you know? I mean, that's better than – I have Jacob Barnes already. I have, you know, I have Strope, you know. I just hope for some injuries and some stuff to figure out. Like Zeph Zimmerman said, only 33% of these. But I do want to close with one thing. Uh, you know, I, I, one thing I do that real quickly that I think uh, is an easy thing to do if people are looking for middle relievers um, that can help their things. I think the the best thing to do in a small sample is to sort in advanced uh, relievers, sort for strikeout minus walk rate, and you'll just see you know some great names. Tommy Conley jumps right up to the top. He's going to be useful for you even if you don't uh, need saves. Joe Smith, I just talked to him. Oh, about he's how he's great. using his four seam more against lefties, um, and he's Andrew. throwing it up and in on them. And then I watched him face a lefty, and he just did it. He, he throws his four seam, which still has a lot of sync because he's kind of a side armor, but he's kind of mimicking the O'Day rise ball situation where he's he's going up and in on on lefties even from from down low. And I think that's probably pretty hard to deal with when you see this guy who's throwing from low come right up at your at your eyes. You're kind of like what. Uh, and then over he'll the get last a called strike with it. Over the last thirty days, guess who's fifth in reliever strikeout minus walk ratio? Davinsky. Pat Neshek. 
Really? Yeah. Thirty-four percent. What, what do you have? And three percent. Do you have it? I did last thirty days. In, so I, pinch? Oh, last I actually days. have. I actually That's have funny. a reliever board um, that has K K rate, walk rate, swing strike rate, strikeout minus walk rate. Uh, you know, average BABIP, left on base, ground ball, O swing, hard contact, shutdowns, meltdowns, saves, oh, blown nice. saves. You have the full on reliever board. Uh, I highly recommend people make custom I picked up, tables. I picked up Blake Parker. Yeah, custom tables are great. I picked up Blake Parker. He's 12th on the season with the Angels. Oh, huge He's 32, rate. 32, but huge strikeout rate. Uh, velocity, you know, came back for him. Um, looking good. And you know, Bud Norris trade is a possibility. Hey, with we didn't mention this guy. You're, you're right, mm-hmm. by the way. I don't mean to uh, yeah. steamroll that with Blake Parker in, in Anaheim. We we glossed over Houston because Ken Giles um, seems uh-huh. pretty set. I, you're looking at the board, right? K minus BB. Uh, it, I don't know if your threshold is that qualified for minimum innings, but I moved it down to ten. Um, this is full year, not last 30 days. Full year, if you just do 10-inning threshold, this guy has 17 and two-thirds innings, 37% strikeout minus walk rate for James Hoyt. Hoyt, yeah. Would it be Davinsky next, or do they keep Davinsky in that role, and if they go away from Giles, they go to somebody like Hoyt? How would well, the Houston situation play out if they went away from Giles, in your opinion? You've got, uh, you've got Harris. Oh, yeah, Will Ooh. Harris has some experience, too. And so the holds have gone to Davinsky, Harris, and Hoyt. So Hoyt's in there with usage. Hoyt's, you know, in there with velocity, sort of averageish. But yeah. Harris is not. Harris is not uh, much better. Harris and, like ninety one, ninety two, right? Yeah. So, and, and Harris, you know, in terms of swing and miss rate, Harris has a good one, but he also throws a ton of sliders, which is kind of. Harris is a little bit like the Gregerson type, where you're a little bit nervous about giving him the closer role because hang one of those sliders, um, and you never know. Hoyt has three pitches. He throws a split finger, too, so that's how he can avoid having a platoon split. Has great swing strike rates, has had on his whole career. He's a great story, um, and it's certainly a possibility. He'll have to clean up his ERA a little bit just for, you know... And there's something would have to go right, but I have Hoyt in my 18 teamer with holds. I have Hoyt. I like okay. Hoyt. I think uh, yeah, Hoyt I... will will have a nice and look at his projections for ERA 302. Projections are by nature um, uh, conservative. Conservative to, to project a 302 ERA for Steamer is is pretty good. So I, got... I, I I like Hoyt a lot. One other holds name because I know you got to get out here. You got a hard stop coming up. Um, mm-hmm. Andrew Chafin is somebody we didn't mention with the Diamondbacks because we do think Bradley would get the next chance. Plus, Chafin is a lefty. But lefties can be the sneak guys for holds because they can come in and loogie it, right? They, they get that one or two outs in the middle of an inning. They get those key lefties. Then they get a hold. What do you think about Andrew Chafin out in Arizona? 12th for the year on uh, strikeout minus walk rate, by the way. Yeah, I saw him on that. I saw him on that list. Um I don't know his usage. That, I'm just bringing him up because of his um, his his component numbers. I just I, I've seen him some. Isn't he like? Is he? Isn't he like sinker? Uh, sinker slider. Yeah, he's a sinker slider guy. But isn't he, isn't heavy he, he slider really usage strikeouts? Huh? Uh, well, this uh, year he's amplified his slider usage from 27 percent to 43 percent. So he's well, really. Well, you know, if you're talking holds, I don't. I think he's got a couple roadblocks to to saves. 
But if we're talking holds, actually, it's a decent name because Hoover kind of Hoover's. Sucks. Sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and so if you, if you take Rodney out of the role, are you going to put him in the eighth? I don't think I, so. I hope so, not. Although the Tigers did right. that with, with K-Rod. <clears throat> right. So then Rodney ends up in like the seventh. And, you know, then Hoover all of a sudden is your eighth guy against Bradley. And then if Hoover has a couple blow-ups, you move Hoover back, uh, there becomes uh, an opening in the eighth. And all of a sudden that's, I mean, the eighth on a team that's 500 or better, that's where you have actual, you know, reliable holds exactly it's exactly. the one thing about if you have a saves plus holds thing one thing i've noticed just in closing is that it is actually there is some value to a closer over a, a, a setup guy because one the manager doesn't have to announce to everybody that he's moving the setup guy around mm-hmm. you know that the 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 reporters don't come afterwards and say oh my god Oh my God! You used Chafin in the eighth last night. Did, what, what was what What's was happening? the reasoning behind he your Joe setup Smith guy now? being in the seventh <laughs> yeah. instead of the eighth? Can you can you is elaborate he, on that? Is, that is he your setup guy now, like with a big S? You know, yeah. No is he your cares. setup man of the future? Is this guy you just called up? Is he your setup man of the future? Are you going set up so, by committee? Could you let us know yeah. on that? It's a committee so, of setup. It is funny how ridiculous all those closer questions sound as soon as you change one word. Exactly. <laughs> it's so stupid. It is so stupid. But no, that's a great Set point. Man by committee. Um, I do think that when you do play saves plus holds, people undervalue. They they bring the closer ratings down too much, and they're like, "Well, I'll just get I'll just get holds." Uh, you might. I mean, hold counts are lower than save counts. I still want Kenley Jansen number one, and I'm still. I don't think my price would change, but maybe a dollar or two in a saves holds league versus saves only for somebody like Jansen. Like the, the elite went- closers still matter the most. I learned this the hard way. I uh, I have a league where saves was holds, and I devalued everybody. And when I got, and now I have one of the worst bullpens in the league. AJ Ramos is my is my stud. Ouch, quote unquote. Ouch. And uh, I've been trying to find them, but we have people starting five or six relievers. And since saves uh, since saves don't count more than holds, there are even some closers that are on the wire. That are just crappy. Mm-hmm. That nobody wants to Brandon. to like Rodney types. Who are just like I don't even want to roster that guy. He's not worth it. I agree so, with those people. By the way, uh, yeah. So so you know, even when I decide to pick up a guy, a guy I picked up was Mark Arzepsinski. Arzepsinski, Ar- Ar- yeah. Scrabble. Ar- you can call him Scrabble. Oh, yeah, Scrabble. You can call him Scrabble. I <laughs> I picked him up because of what you said earlier, where he, he's a loogie, and he's you know I was hoping Seattle would be a little bit better, maybe they still will get it going, and I thought you know here's a guy who'll come in and pitch a couple innings and, and get me a, a hold, you know. So he was I haven't um, I haven't quite dropped him yet. You know who was the sneak tip guy back in the day was Tim Burdick. He would come in, he was such a loogie, mm-hmm. and he would just rack up the holds. Two other names I'll say as we're going out, uh, they're not on the great teams, which you did mention is a good spot for holds, but uh, Mike Miner is a lefty and been pitching very well with the Royals and Shane Green with the Tigers uh, comes in in a lot of key situations. They both have five holds over the last month, which is uh, tied for the fourth highest total. Um, There are 16 different guys with at least five, but that is the fourth highest total. So keep an eye, Mike Miner, Shane Green, if you're, if you're looking for sneak names, but you know, we got to get out of here. You've got to stop and uh, you got to get going. So uh, hopefully this recording sounds a lot better and worked a lot better. We'll be back next week. I'll talk to you later. You know, Yes, thanks for listening.